Hi, everybody. Welcome to Eric and Merritt's Bizarre Adventure, Episode 3. I am your co-host possessed by an evil spirit, Eric Thurm. Uh, and I'm your co-host on the way to Egypt, Merritt Kay. And uh, we have here with us today as the, the guest we uh, have forced to watch JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Chris Wade of the Chapo Trap House and, and Introducing Podcasts. Chris, welcome. Uh, welcome to the world of stands. Uh, hello. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Uh, intermittent anime fan uh, and possessor of no evil spirits that I'm aware uh, of. What, what was your sort of background? What did you know about the JoJo's Bizarre Adventure franchise going in to this well, experience? I, I saw that. I guess that the, this must have become available in America in the last like year or 18 months or so because I've seen people posting about it and uh, all... Honestly, this is not kind of what I expected it was. I, I thought it was going to be much sillier because all the things I've seen po- posting about it is mostly just like beefy, beefy boys doing very silly like dance fights with each other. Mm-hmm. And this was a little more uh, tonally serious than I expected from that. I, I thought it was it was more of a, a, a gag show. Uh. I think that you're not wrong, but sort of th- this is an interesting place to jump in, which we'll we'll get into um, when we fully introduce this part. Uh, Mayor, do you have anything that you want to say about this part sort of before we formally introduce it? Um, I think the first time I was exposed to part three of Jojo's Bizarre Adventure was at an electronics boutique in <laughs> the year 2000, probably, or 2001. Yeah, I know. It was 2000. It was after the Dreamcast came out because there was a uh, fighting game by Capcom for the Dreamcast. I think it was originally an arcade game based on part three. And um, I distinctly remember being in an electronics boutique, which was our equivalent of a GameStop uh, for people who don't know, (laughs) in the northern reaches of Canada. And uh, I was going to purchase a game. And I did see this game and was like, what the fuck is this? This looks completely, uh, completely bizarre. Nice. Uh, I'll tell you what. And um, did read about it in official Dreamcast magazine. And I was very confused and um, instead bought Wacky Races, (laughs) the, uh, (laughs) the kart racer game based on the crossover Hanna-Barbera cartoon with Dastardly and Muttley and all your friends, Penelope, Pitstop, and the other man, the caveman, all those guys. Ca- Captain Caveman? Captain Caveman, maybe? Probably. Um, so I was ambiently aware of it, and um, definitely uh, I watched the show in the first run. I think, and um, I think this was the first part of JoJo that I had to wait for because I watched the first two parts, and then they end on that teaser with part two where uh, they hadn't settled on the design for Joseph yet, so he looks completely different from how he would look in part three. Um, and yeah, I watched this. Uh, also, he sounds British. Oh yeah, he sounds British. He hadn't forgotten that he was British yeah, they, yet. I'm curious, and I I haven't found this out in the in the research that I did. I would love to know if they made a conscious decision to have him not be British. I believe that he forgot 
that he yeah. was British. <laughs> I think Iraqi forgot, but that also <laughs> that Joseph forgot because he is very dumb. Yeah, he's an, he just becomes an American asshole. Uh, you know what? He li- he lives in America long enough. You lose your accent. That happens probably, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, well, his his mother, on the other hand, seems to have fully embraced her, her <laughs> Japanese uh, lifestyle. Yeah, Holly is a huge weeb. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So uh, yeah, I also just as a side note. I would 100% play a JoJo's Bizarre Adventure kart racing game in which all of the carts are based on stands. Fuck, that would be dope as hell. It would be pretty good. Well, would it be that you you're driving a cart based on your character and then it had like an explosive <gasps> mode where the stand is on yes. and then you can like do extra like fighting moves from the cart? It's like um uh Jotaro is like driving a cart that sort of has like a stretched out, distorted star platinum face on the front of it. <laughs> and then it just turns into the stand when you go into like sicko mode. Yeah. Shit, that would be really good. Hey, um, Bandai and Amco, whoever owns the fucking hit rights to this shit, hit us up. You guys could have this one for free, honestly. I just yeah, want, I just want a free to play copy. it. Let me do some QA. Yeah. Uh, let's, uh, let's introduce Stardust Crusaders. Based on the long-running manga series by Hirohiko Araki, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Stardust Crusaders follows Jotaro Kujo, the grandson of Part 2 protagonist Joseph Joestar. When Jotaro inexplicably discovers he can punch things with his mind, he learns from his grandfather that he has a stand, a manifestation of his psychic abilities that looks like a dude. Uh, The development of Jotaro's stand, Star Platinum, is linked to the resurrection of Dio, the immortal vampire whose head has grafted itself onto the body of Jotaro's great-great-grandfather, Jonathan Joestar. When Jotaro's mother, Holly, develops potentially lethal stand abilities, he agrees to set out on a quest to kill Dio, putting him and his allies into conflict with a series of assassins, a very rude girl, and a dog with a grotesque human face. The Stardust Crusaders manga ran in Shonen Jump from 1989 to 1992, and the anime by Studio David aired from April of 2014 to June 2015 on Tokyo MX, and July 2017 to August 2018 on Toonami. Um, so that's where we are. The first three episodes of Stardust Crusaders, which are the ones that you watched, Chris, basically are, are not very typical of this arc because they end with uh, the sort of core of Team Jotaro heading out on their quest i believe episode three ends with them on a plane which is sort of what you would normally expect them to do but spoiler alert it does in fact take them about 50 episodes yeah they're like Uh, oh (laughs) we're on a plane to egypt i guess we'll just go fucking kill this guy and then get lunch or whatever like yeah i i noticed even on the next time on on jojo tag at the end of third episode that it appears that the even though they were on a plane to their next location the entirety of the next episode appears to be them uh, defeating an assassin on the plane yeah oh yeah no they uh really early on are like oh fuck these guys are trying to kill us and if we try to like take commercial flights then uh they'll just kill everyone on the plane too so we can't do that Although, honestly, I feel like knowing things about Jotaro as a character, I feel like he actually would not care that much. He No, he does. He okay. does. He's not evil. He's yeah. an asshole. He doesn't pay. He doesn't. He leaves without paying for food. They, and he 
is rude to teachers and shit, but like... Uh, and his poor mother. And, oh my God. Yeah, Jojo well, let's, is let's, a fucking monster. I, let's yeah. get into that. Because I, I I have a section of my uh, notes for this called, let's talk about it. Jotaro is canceled. Um, <laughs> which maybe maybe we can... Do we want to just talk about Jotaro now? Or do we want to like... Yeah, talk, I mean, he's the protagonist. Yeah, he is the protagonist. Oh, the let's protagonist? talk about Jotaro. This is the protagonist? Uh, uh, yeah, I feel really bad about loving this character. Honestly, did not know that he called his mom a slur. Gonna soft block him now. Um, <laughs> he, he's doing several no growths in this episode. In these episodes. Um, I, I still love his speech that he gives to Kekyoin, uh, in the fight when he talks about like how he's a bad guy. Oh yeah. All the things but, he does. Yeah. Yeah, but he but he is not evil because he does not manipulate those weaker. Yes, yeah, no, he he uh, he fucking fist fights teachers. He doesn't pay when food is bad at a restaurant. I forget what the other things are, but uh, but he's not evil. Jo- Jotaro bases his sort of punching on the principle. He punches up is the thing about Jotaro. <laughs> he he see, knows about the power gradients in uh, fighting and comedy. Interesting, interesting. So yeah, Jotaro is like very different. He, okay, so the protagonist of part one, Jonathan, is just a Goku, essentially. Um, well, not even a no, Goku. He's just he's, like, I fight for honor and my friends. I am a champion of justice. Uh, that's, he's like a shitty Superman. Yes, yeah. He has no personality. He's just a Boy Scout. Um, and Joseph is like a cool, horny Adam West Batman. <laughs> yeah, he's always just pulling shit out of his utility belt. Um, and then Jotaro is like, what's a uh, good comparison? A, a, just an asshole? He's just a fucking asshole teen who is supposed to be like 16 or something. Yeah. Uh, and is like the size of a fucking well, truck. Hold on, because yeah, I actually have a thing. I, Chris, I want you to guess how tall you think Jotaro is. Is there and a canon tall? There's a, there is a canon there is a canon Jotaro height. Merritt, do you know how tall Jotaro canonically is? No. All right, I, I would love for you to guess as well. I would love both of you to guess uh, Jotaro's height. Uh, I don't know, eight three, <laughs> six five. Did you look at my notes? No. Okay, he's six five. Whoa. Okay. Uh, yes, that is exactly how tall Jotaro is canonically. He also clearly is just uh, an adult pretending to be a teenager. For some weird reason. I mean, he's got an enormous chain. Enormous chain. And that's like supposed to be part of his school. Like, okay, yeah, let's not mince words. Like, that's supposed to be his school uniform. This fucking coat that he is wearing. Because Kakyoin wears the same thing, except it's like normal. Yeah. And like, Jotaro's is like open, has chains, has these huge shoulder pads. Also, his two belts. Also, we have not talked about his hat yet. Oh, well, that's. He does have a jaunty little hat. But well, the hat is it's part of his head used to his head because the hat just ends in hair on the back and no one talks about this. And I <laughs> so think it's important it's that we talk about this. Araki does actually talk about this. So okay. this is another thing that I have uh, sort of in my notes. This is in a 2006 interview that Araki did with the then 21 year old Japanese pop star and entertainer Shoko Nakagawa. Um and Araki says uh, that Jotaro's hat is canonically part of his body because he wanted him to be recognizable from the back. Uh, what? He says, He says I wanted people to be able to recognize Jotaro from behind. So I, I just like had his hat be part of his head. 
Jesus Christ. Uh, another thing uh, that he says in uh, this interview is, or so this woman, this like 21 year old, uh, you know, idol, uh, basically just like talks about how she wants to marry Jotaro. Uh, so she says, quote, my dream is to marry Jotaro Sama and have a child with him. He'd probably say to me, Yara Yara Daze and spit on me. That's my dream. <laughs> Sorry, the original question was about stands. Wow. I want Jotaro to spit in my mouth. Honestly, fucking queen shit. And then, like, and then she then says, I want to receive aura aura from him. Okay. Wow. Holy shit. Okay, wow. <laughs> and like, then and then she asks in in the interest of figuring out what it would be like to fuck Jotaro, she asks Araki what type of women Jotaro likes and Araki says I don't think he's interested in women that much, which is the most true thing Araki incredible. has ever said about the franchise. Um <laughs> Wow. Yeah. Wow. Very this low is... levels of horniness in, in this, uh, at least in the three episodes that I watched. It does get a little hornier, but like not not in like a classic anime way for the most part. Um, there's a character named, uh, I think, Mariah. Oh, yeah. Later on, um, who has magnet powers. And first of all, she is just kind of a horny character, but also she magnetizes uh Abdul and uh, Joseph together, and uh, okay. there's a whole thing where they have to separate because their like crotch is magnetized to their ass or whatever. It's very weird. Um, but yeah, no, not Jotaro, not a horny manga protagonist. He well, just this, does not care. This I would say that this particular arc especially is about being horny for your boys. It's about bros. Yeah. Well, I, I'm I'm also like. I'd say that for me, the most typically anime thing about this is that at least the three episodes that I watched were all about just explaining the rules of the universe. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just three yeah. episodes of uh, developing rules. So, I, I, you know, this is kind of out of context for me, but I, I'm, I'm like, what does Jojo want independent of any of these of, of any of these things? And it appears to oh, be uh, nothing. 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 Yes. Uh, yeah, no, he, he just wants to be left alone and to be a fucking asshole. He wants to be in prison. Yes, he does. Another reason Jotaro is canceled, he respects the Japanese carceral system um, (laughs) because when we meet him, he has locked himself in a prison cell (laughs) against the wishes of the cops. No, he wants to be dead. He tries to kill himself, but uh, Star Platinum won't let him. Uh, Yes. And, And I mean, so Chris, just like, it's actually not as out of context as you think it is. The first two parts sort of have this, like, alternate uh, concept that allows them to do, like, magic martial arts called Hamon. Uh, and this is the part where Araki introduces the concept of stands. Okay. So you sort of are coming in on these episodes where he's like, this is a weird thing that I feel like I need to explain to people. Yeah. But <laughs> once you get past that, for every other JoJo part that follows this everyone's like oh yeah totally there's like this extremely weird man that floats behind me and like you know sort of makes things uh bouncy all that changes after this part is how people get stance but otherwise like this is the future of jojo is stance it's just like everyone from 1989 onward has a man that floats behind them that does things it's called a stand because it stands next to you except when it doesn't because sometimes it's just your hair or a sword (laughs) Or an electrical tower that you're trapped in. Or or, or sometimes or like vines that come out of your hand. 
Yes. Yes. And sometimes, sometimes it, uh, uh, like can go far away from you. Old man, your stand is the worst. It is the worst. Chris, what were your feelings about the, the stands? So maybe we should describe the stands that we meet in, in these episodes. Yeah. For, for some newbies. So in addition to Star Platinum, who is sort of like a large metallic version of Joe Taro, uh, we meet, uh, Avdol, uh, Joseph's friend, stand uh, Magician's Red, which is like a big bird that shoots fire. It's Joseph stand Hermit Purple, which is just vines that take pictures and sucks. He has to destroy a camera every yeah. time he uses it. That that was very funny, especially that they uh, noted it was a 30,000 yen camera, which I looked up. <laughs> it was about a $300 camera. Yeah. Which they do, they do canonically, I think later in this part, imply that Joseph actually probably could use Hermit Purple without destroying cameras, but he's <laughs> bad at using his stand. Oh yeah, no, he fucking sucks at it. Because Dio has a very similar stand and doesn't have to smash a camera. And later on, Joseph is able to use Hermit Purple with like dust and like a, like a CCTV Oh yeah, that's the Fantastic Voyage episode, right? Yes, with a uh, with a uh, uh, Steely Dan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's I'm, a character. That's a character. I don't want to get get too ahead of the too ahead of you guys, but I'm looking through the character names of this uh, show, and I think that I would be interested in it because it seems to have a fascination wow. with uh, music from the '80s. That's correct. Mm-hmm. I was I was gonna play a, a, a game later in this episode where I listed off '80s musicians and asked you if you thought they were characters and or not, but. I think that the game has been. Oh uh, uh, yeah, uh, sorry. The I, game is up on that <laughs> one. So yeah, um, uh, Iraqi has always had that fascination with Prague, especially. But uh, in so like even in the earlier parts, in part one and two, there are characters named after Robert Pro- EO Speedwagon. There's, yeah, Robert EO Speedwagon. There's characters called like ACDC, Wham, uh, Cars. Uh, I but, see a uh, Devo in the ca- cast list here. There is a Devo. Yeah, he fucking sucks. Um, oh. He's one of those, the random like enemy of the week well, guys. Well, the thing that's interesting, I feel like, between parts three and the other parts is that in part three, the characters are all named after musicians, yeah. and then afterward, the stands are all named after songs. Because mm. in part three, the stands are all named after tarot cards. Right, yeah. So initially, all the stands in part three are art tarot cards and then he runs out of the major arcana and then just starts naming them after egyptian gods Mm. and uh yeah well that was one of the things of like the continually introduced rules and themes because it's like all right so the first episode it's it's kind of all about describing what the stand thing is and the second thing is the episode is kind of seeing a stand in action as he fights and then befriends uh what's that guy's name kekoyan kekoyan oh kekoyan uh and more like about what the stands is. And then the third episode is more like describing what the big fight of the entire series is going to be. But also at the end of the third episode, they're like, uh, also this is about tarot cards now. Uh huh. Yeah. There's no reason for that. No. Um, that's just what they call them. Yeah. There is really no, no real. By, by, by the later parts, I don't know, Mayor, what are your like favorite stand names from sort of the the parts that just become song titles? Oh, Besides, God. I mean, Dirty Deeds, Dunder Cheap is an obvious one, but yeah. we've talked about that before on this um, miniseries. I can't remember. There's just... That's a, that's a great one. 
Well, so that one, yeah, that one is fun uh, because it's localized in a video game as uh, filthy acts at a reasonable price. We're contractually <laughs> obligated to mention that in every episode. Yeah, well, you know, we're this is what happens when we're exploit like much like Iraqi, we're coming back to the same themes over and over again mm-hmm. in our attempts to to explain the franchise to people who uh, had not encountered it. Uh, Purple Haze is a good one. Purple Haze is just like a giant cloud that kills everyone. Sure. Uh, uh, I have to say about the stands so far. Uh, yeah. One of my biggest. What's your critis- impression of them? One of my biggest criticisms of, of at least the three episodes I saw is that uh, JoJo's stand is uh, the least interesting of yes. any of them. He's yeah. just a big guy. He's just a big guy. Uh, That's true. And, uh, I think that uh, Kakyoin's is probably the most interesting. The, the mm. puppet master green uh, vine guy. <laughs> it's funny you man. should mention that. Yeah. Because he never does that again. Ever. Yeah. No. Yeah. Um, I mean, he uses uh, Hermit or Hierophant Green. Hierophant Green again. But all Hierophant Green does in the future is just shoot emeralds at people and sort of stretch out. I think uh, Araki, this is so okay. Because this is like a serialized series. Araki has this thing where he forgets what his characters can do a lot. And either he forgot that Hierophant Green could do that, or he was just like decided that he would never do it again because it was too useful or too powerful or something. Because yeah, I'm pretty sure Kekulay never possesses someone. No, I don't think he does. Uh, That's disappointing. Yeah. he, 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 I think also you sort of like, there's one more member of this squad uh, that you have not met. And once they're all assembled, I think it becomes very obvious sort of like who Iraqi is interested in, which is to say, and maybe, maybe this is wrong, but I feel like Iraqi's favorite members of this team are by far Jotaro and Polnareff. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, or at the very least, I, I think Kakyoin is his, his least Kakyoin gets like the least sort of independent shine, I would say. Because Polnareff is just like who who sort of Chris, if you look up what, what this man looks like, he's just a huge doofus with a sword. Um, that's like his whole thing. And his job is just to sort of like go around being an asshole and then have everyone else yell at him and be like, Polnareff, you're not using your stand correctly. Um Oh, he's got a great haircut. Yeah, it's a very good haircut. Uh Silver and Silver Chariot, great stand, just is sword. Um, but I feel like Kakyoin doesn't get a because I feel like the most interesting Kakyoin is is uh when he's not Kakyoin, when the guy with the other stand pretends to be Kakyoin and does the thing with the cherry. Oh, yeah, yellow temperance. Yeah, there um. is a there is a an infamous scene in this part in which a, an enemy stand user uh is pretending to be Kakyoin and like. Mira, how would you describe the thing that this man does with his tongue? It's really grotesque. Uh, oh boy. Yeah, I can't. It's it's sort of like oh okay, you know the thing where you like tie the cherry stem to be like I can make out good? Yes. A, a totally baffling uh thing that that became a trope. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. like sort of what his his power is is being like check out what I could do with cherries. Uh, yeah, and my tongue weird. just really um, good good uh yeah telling. so yeah no star platinum is the least interesting stand uh in the 
in this part because its power is punch good and it does one thing that I'm pretty sure it does zero time again like early on he's like what if they just did this and then he just stops caring like the whole thing where it like can extend its finger to like uh, punch someone in the eyeball or whatever and I think in this case <laughs> he uses that to like pull the weird parasite out of Kakyoin's brain Yes, um, it, we, they say that he has super strength and precision. Precision, yes, that doesn't really come up that much. It sort of does because it doesn't. Doesn't that uh, in the again in the the Fantastic Voyage episode like doesn't Star mm-hmm. Platinum like go into? Uh, I think it's Kakyoin's brain. No, I don't think so. It's uh, is it Joseph's brain? It's Joseph's brain, and it's Kakyoin and. Uh, Polnareff. Oh, right, because Joseph, Joseph is uh, fighting jo- Steely Dan. Yeah, Jotaro is fighting Steely or not, Dan. Or not fighting him. He's just sort of like walking around with him and getting kicked in the face. Um, Jotaro's power later on sort of becomes his speed. Like it's, it's mm. more emphasized that he's very fast. Spe- he's well, he does, generating speed. He does speed. catch that bullet. He does he's, catch he's, the bullet. It's, it's, generating speed's all about the, it's the name of the game. Yeah. Um, and later on, spoilers, uh, his stand becomes so fast that he can effectively stop time, much like Dio's stand, the world. Much like the film Clock Stoppers, which I think we can all agree is sort of a poor imitation. Oh, dude, I haven't thought about Clock Stoppers in a long time. Welcome, welcome to the fucking Clock Stoppers anime. The <laughs> the last several episodes of this series are basically just Jotaro and Dio like trading off stopping time. Um, which I would yeah. say is is the best example of Araki forgetting uh, what stands can do. Because he just remembers that both of them have one ability and then just like keep stacking weird things you could do with it. This does seem like one of those series where if I kept watching it, it, again, it would just keep adding rules until, yeah, that that 0% surprises me, but that by the end of the series, it's just about, like, effectively two time travelers fighting each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, which includes includes a very infamous scene that you probably can Google a panel for, uh, in which Dio hits Jotaro with a bulldozer. <laughs> Dio, Jotaro, bulldozer. Or t- search Road Roller. Road Roller. Uh, I will look this up. This was actually one of my other first exposures to this part when I was a kid because there was a uh, a famous like flash animation or GIF of just like this fight, like of Stickman doing this fight, including the part where Dio just like slams uh, that thing down on Jotaro, and Which- he says "re," and I was just like. Oh, this is a cool thing. Well, I don't know what this is, but it's a thing. And then it took me like 20 years to to learn like what it was about. Uh, I have found a uh, a pro-Trump meme based off of this scene. Oh, fantastic. Uh, I, that's great. That cool. involves uh, uh, Trump over Dio's head uh, and the road roller is labeled MAGA, 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 crushing jo- Jotaro with Obama's face on it. With labeled Soros, Soros, Soros. Oh my God! I feel like whoever made that meme does not actually know how that fight ends. <laughs> yeah, but, no, because Jotaro does like punch Dio's dick off. Yeah, he uh, punches and, uh, yeah. Dio so hard that he breaks. <laughs> also, yeah, it's just like I feel like you, they give away the game a little bit when they put their their guy's face over the immortal evil vampire <laughs> who is very 
clearly described as the villain of the series. But, the, you know. the extremely the extremely flamboyant vampire who is incapable of going outside. Yeah, which I would say is like a pretty good description of the president. Right. We Jojo's Bizarre Adventure, extremely political franchise, has a (laughs) lot to say sort of about elections and systems of power. Um, (laughs) Well, it it is funny because like the stuff that's in the prison, I would say, is like weirdly the close like. It feels very out of sync, I would say, with the rest of what the the this part turns into. Although Iraqi does clearly sort of like have this fascination with prisons as a setting uh, because one of the later parts is set almost entirely in a prison, which is in it's in Florida, right? Yes. Yeah. A prison in Florida. It's like basically Pelican Bay. (laughs) Wonderful. Uh, uh, But it just sort of is like, you know, they the the fact that there is this whole scene that is just them making Jotaro like leave his cell um, and I think this is also one of the only times in the entire franchise when you see what a stand battle looks like from the perspective of someone who does not have a stand, because if you don't have a stand, you can't see other people's stands. Um, but because every main character going forward has stands, there's never any need to do the sort of like jokey cut to, you know, like a dude on the street who's like watching these two men just like stare at each other really aggressively <laughs> because you don't and get and get a uh, like finger uh, dimples in their heads as their stands are crushing each other's heads. Right. Exactly. And you just like would have no idea what was happening um, because you're just like, Oh, like th- these people are just staring at each other real aggressively because the stand is like technically a psychic like ability. <laughs> But he was just like, I want to draw dudes, actually. Mm-hmm. I want to draw, like, some cool-looking dudes. I definitely get a fascination for uh, drawing dudes in the uh, watching this. Which which dudes design would you say is your, your favorite from these episodes? Um, well, I do like his grandfather, Joseph Joestar. He has a, a, a little, like, of an Alan Quartermain vibe from a League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Totally. Mm-hmm. Ugh, if only Sean Connery was willing to come back to play old Joseph. Uh, I also like that he's constantly wearing tasteful sweaters. <laughs> Which, actually, we, we should have asked this earlier. Did you watch the sub or the dub of this? I watched, uh, please, I watched the sub, of course. I mean, you know, it's like pretty reasonable. I, I I would say either way that you get... um. Joseph is the character I would say that is most similar between the sub and the dub because his catchphrase, even in the the sub, uh, is him sort of very loudly yelling, oh my God, (laughs) Uh, uh, which sort of most notably happens in an episode in which he is expected to wipe his ass with a bucket of sand. Oh God. Mm -hmm. That's, don't love that. It's it's well he does not love it either. He like goes to find this toilet and sees a bucket of sand and it's just like ah oh, shit. Uh, um, which is, correct. That's how I would respond as well if I had to wipe my ass with sand. Yes. Uh no, he is uh he 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 is a a, a good uh leveling presence and I appreciate him. I wish that he would teach his his stupid grandson to respect his daughter more, but he doesn't even respect his daughter that much. I mean, that's where Jotaro gets it from, I think. Mm. Yeah, it is. Joseph, he, le- Joseph, he learned it from, from him. Uh, Joseph has a deep, even canonically in part two, 
because uh, sort of young British Joseph is the protagonist of part two. Canonical mm-hmm. disrespect for women, uh, including a lot of sort of him objectifying the woman he later discovers is his mother. Uh, weird. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. it's pretty weird. I, I noticed running through even just these three episodes, a, a not not just those characters, but a kind of a, a deep seated disrespect for women. All the all the students and the teachers in episode two, uh, the who are uh, I you know the the students fawning over Joseph or Jotaro, who uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know were willing to uh, cat be very catty with each other and uh, uh, call each other ugly and no boobs while competing for the attention of an obvious asshole who does not care about them. Oh, that's a fun. The, uh, I love that that exchange. Uh and then the school nurse who is uh just used as a doll and thrown aside and uh ex- completely exsanguinated and jo- Jotaro just kind of walks out being like, "Ah, oh, she'll be fine." fine which she's fine. <laughs> like laying unconscious in a growing puddle of blood and he's like, "Ah, what's the what's the medics get to her? She'll be fine." I can tell that because I have cool psychic dude abilities. Yeah. Yeah, I I think I don't know. I like enjoy. I mean, I guess to be fair to those high school girls and to Iraqi writing them, they have almost an identical reaction to Jotaro that this woman does uh, in this interview. So it, it is perhaps not an unreasonable thought that this is how people would act around this like very rude boy. Yes, he's a very rude boy. And the women around him seemingly have no self-respect. God, ugh, ain't that just the way? They're all yes. gonna go. They're all gonna go do posts that are like, ugh, like being a straight woman is all about dating a man whose hat blends in with his head <laughs> and says he's gonna punch you, ladies. You know what this I'm talking about. Every every straight couple looks like this. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, yes. Every, every straight couple is a uh, a, a traditional Jap- a Japanese uh, a high school girl and a eight foot tall man whose head is a hat and wears a uh, a 25 pound chain around his neck Mm -hmm. just very very normal stuff um one of the other things i wanted to at least briefly note uh is that this is the part so chris you i think will not have seen these episodes this is the part where iraqi predicted 9-11 uh, oh, yes. I know. Yeah. So I know that's sort of a big, if you, if you don't listen to, uh, Chris's podcast, um, and introducing big sort of like deep nine 11 lore. Uh, and in this, this series, Iraqi uses the characters Oingo Boingo, uh, to right. predict nine 11. If you, if you, uh, sort of look that up, you will find, uh, those panels, uh, uh just, uh, truly, uh, truly, nine eleven was uh, the greatest dead man's party of all time. Jeez, I am always saying that. Um, and listen, when y- when you have a conversation about what it takes to melt steel beams, I'm often describing that as weird science. Uh, <laughs> but what 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 am I looking for for not for nine eleven? Oh God, wow! This these characters look awesome. I, I want this guy's Oingo shirt. Yeah, there it's really really the character designs just get like weirder and weirder. So, and can this, I ask something about yeah, the the creator? Please. Uh sure. is I'm kind of gathering that this is one of those uh those um anime things that I feel like I encounter somewhat where it's like the one person has worked on like only this thing for 35 years. Yes. 
Correct. He, he has been working on this since the early 80s, I believe. He did. And it's like one it, other series, I believe. Yeah. But for the most part, he's just been between the, the manga and like three different series of this. I think I read that one of these series ran from like 1992 to like 2003 or something. Yeah, the, the most recent one started in 2011 and is still ongoing. Uh, I do really appreciate that kind the, that Japan Japanese production media production allows for that kind of monomaniacal focus on a single creative project that you really just don't get in other uh, co- like countries media production other than uh, you know I have to go there something like Venture Brothers which is like maybe mm-hmm. the only American mm-hmm. media thing that is run kind of like an anime was we're just like in this case two guys get to do one media thing for 20 years it's interesting that you put it that way because i feel like some people like that but in a lot of cases i think it's actually that the media ecosystem makes it so that they cannot do another thing of which i feel like sort of the most obvious example is akira toriyama right where like he, you could tell that he's dead inside from like <laughs> very early on in Dragon Ball Z. And he's like, I don't want to be doing this. I want to do like silly bullshit about horny pigs. Um, and, you know, <laughs> sort of he's like, like, do you guys want to see this other cool thing that I did? And then they're just like legions of teens going fights, 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 fights. And he's like, yeah. okay, but like, what about this? Fights, 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 fights. And eventually she's like, okay. Yes. Uh, and now, and now he he sort of had, has been browbeaten into into writing uh, Dragon into Ball writing, Super, writing endless power power up sequences until the mm-hmm. end of time. Yeah, and so That's it's like on want. one level there is the Venture Bros version where you like get to sort of dive into this this thing and like really explore it in a lot of different ways. And then on the other side, I think there's sort of a very like tragic no exit version of this in which you become possessed by your your uh creation yeah i i can i can definitely see that it is just interesting to compare and contrast those types of things mir do you have a sense of of where iraqi falls on that uh that spectrum i have no idea the man is like a the man is inscrutable that's true uh there is a character in part four that's like a a self-insert uh, that's like a crotchety artist who basically just wants to be left alone um, and just like hates his fans who constantly bother him uh, <laughs> and just wants to do the work and tell his story. But I don't know. I mean, he gives interviews. I just haven't really read many of them like that one that you were mentioning, but uh, I don't know. I mean, he's, he's been doing part eight for like almost 10 years. So I feel like there is room for people to stop. Like, didn't the Hunter Hunter guy just stop because he just didn't want to do it anymore? Yeah. So that, that franchise, uh, he still is technically doing it, but he'll do like a chapter every six months or something. And I don't think that's what Iraqi is doing. Like, I think he's doing it pretty regularly. Yeah, he does. I believe the Jojo lion chapters have been coming out monthly instead of weekly. Um, which I think, Probably also is like he can afford to do that and he's like a little bit older. Um, And I have no idea what's actually happening in this part because I haven't read it. My understanding is that it basically is like the Jojo version of Twin Peaks. Um, Uh, That sounds dope. Yeah, it seems pretty cool. Uh, So it seems like the, the pacing on it is like kind of weird. I attempted to dive into the wiki to like understand what was happening in it right now and it was not helpful. 
Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think also part of it is that he is clearly less interested in the characters than he is in the concepts and themes that he's interested in and just sort of like wants to return to over and over. So it'll be like, Oh yeah. Like this music is cool. And then he can just sort of like name endless stands after like Prince songs or, you know, the spice girls. Uh, eventually he starts doing rap ones, which is like very weird. Okay. What is like an a, example of a rap stand? Uh, Notorious B.I.G. Oh, of or Notorious Big sense. as they, yeah, is a, is the name of a stand. Um, which I think the power of that stand is just that it like keeps going after the user dies. Oh, like the guy wow. who uses it dies. And then the stand just like shows up on a plane because also Iraqi hates planes. Uh, <laughs> it's like that. And his interest in fashion, uh, which sort of like you see a little bit in the Jotaro design, but the characters just become like increasingly elaborately dressed. Um, and in particular, that character uh, that Merritt was mentioning, who's like the Iraqi stand in, eventually does like a full Gucci collab. That that rocks. Yeah, it's very good. Uh, and he there's like a whole series where I haven't read it where he goes to the Louvre. It's yeah. He goes to the Louvre and fights ghosts, which is, I mean, listen. Basically, the plot of uh, Angels magic, and Demons. He has a magic bag. He has a magic designer bag. He he finally got that Telfar drop. I do. I I also appreciate just in the level of uh, the ability that creators have over, you know, as we're talking talking about the production methods that you with things that go on this long that they can just kind of use them to ex- excise like various bizarre interests or not even bizarre interests, personal interests through the vehicle of a show because it doesn't really need to be anything. Mm-hmm. Chris, is, is that, do you, do you feel like that uh, is like comparable to the experience that you've had doing audio production? Do you feel like you're, you're at that or would you like to get to that point of just, you know, using, uh, using audio to do weird Rocky projects? I mean, honestly, not not quite, maybe not quite as expansive as this, but, you know, that's one of the things that I've always loved about working on Chapo Trap House is that from the very beginning, the show can be whatever it wants. And it's like, whether it is a serious interview with like a serious politician like Bernie Sanders or an elaborate uh, Call of Cthulhu role-playing game or like weird audio sketches or just riffing, like it can do anything and that is part of what i think makes the show great so yes i have uh i do appreciate that level of audio production that you and especially because there's kind of low overhead for audio and as long as i can find a clip of something or make the sound i can put it into a uh into a podcast i do appreciate that yeah much much like uh much like iraqi i think right because like all you're doing really like the anime obviously is very high production uh, and it's interesting that it took this long to make this because the original anime adaptation of this part was released in 93 and was like an OVA where everyone looks kind of blocky. Um, and this clearly you could tell like, is you know, there's like a lot of money behind it and everyone who's working on it like grew up with the, the story. But when you're originally drawing it, you just sort of get to like draw whatever you want every week. Um and in, including finding sounds because of the the sound effects, uh, which sort of, you know, are gratuitously used even in the visuals. How did you feel about that aspect of the the show? 
the fact that sort of like you can see the onomatopoeia sound effects whenever somebody does anything, even though you can also hear them. Uh, it was cool. I guess that didn't really stand out at me because it didn't seem that abnormal for, uh, for for these kinds of shows. Uh, I guess that's fair. There there is a stand eventually that like its power is just using those. Like it <laughs> it it holds like automatopoeia sound effects, and if it puts it like it slaps it on you, you just hear that sound. Uh, like sort of. I want to say the number twenty three, but I don't think that actually is the plot of the number twenty three. I have never actually seen that movie. Isn't that just uh, about how uh, there's he a just is obsessed around the around the number twenty three? I think he's just like obsessed with it or something. I don't know. You just like can't stop thinking about the number 23. Um, which I'm going to say is basically the exact uh, thing is the, the uh, stand from, from part four. Uh, yeah. I don't, I don't know. Uh, Mara, what are your, I'm, what are your, your thoughts on this? Uh, that aspect of the, the French, the show on its relation to the number 23. Yeah, specifically its relation <laughs> to the number 23. I was going to ask a different thing, but let's let's dig into that. I've which, never, I don't know anything about that movie. Which JoJo character is the closest to Jim Carrey? I mean, Joseph, obviously. Oh, that's true. Like, no contest. So, no contest. look, if, we're, if we want to talk seriously about uh, Jim Carrey, uh, I do kind of think that Jim Carrey is a genius uh, a choice for a lot, if you're planning some kind of live action Americanized anime adaptation. He has the closest to that energy. Mm. I mean, okay. Are we going to talk about Jim Carrey's performance as Dr. Robotnik? I did not see that movie, but I would like to watch like a, a like 50, at least 15 minutes of it just to get a sense of how hard Jim Carrey is going for it. I mean, he, we he went pretty hard. We saw, we saw that movie on opening day. Did you, you went fast. Yeah, we did have to go fast. Uh, I I think it's possible that was the last movie that both of us saw before the movies became extinct. Oh yeah, that was the last movie that uh, existed. A, gr- a great can, a great choice. The full potential of the medium expressed. Can, can we uh can we divert uh tangent just a little bit? Can I get yeah. your capsule re- capsule review of uh, uh uh Sonic the movie? I mean, Carrie brought the the heat. I think that's my fault. Yeah, it was just fine. It was like a fine family action movie that was a really great vehicle for Jim Carrey to just sort of bring back classic character. It was there's a there's a dance break. Yeah, um, he he puts a picture of a foot up on a screen and looks really closely at it. <laughs> um, it you know they do a thing where uh, at the end of the movie. He is sent to some other world and is like, he got blown up. And so um, he looks real haggard and he has the classic Robotnik look of like the big bushy mustache and he's like shaving his head. Mm. Uh, So that's really exciting. But yeah, it was fine. I kind of wish that there were a button that you could press while watching that movie that would switch it between the original Sonic design and the revised one. Just to see how much it actually affects. Yeah, I want to see that gross little rat. I hope the DVD, uh, the like ultimate edition Blu-ray comes with the tooth cut. I want to see that nasty rat because this Sonic was just fine. Like it was just, it was so inoffensive. Um, it, It was like, there's nothing to be upset about, but there's also like, oh, Sonic Floss is like twice. That was the highlight. Oh yeah, that was very good. 
Why? What does Sonic eat? Does he eat chili? No, dogs no, 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 no. The the, da- the dance. He he does oh, the floss. He, he floss. He does the floss. Yeah. Okay. Of course. Well, you know, I just feel like, uh, you know, Detective Pikachu, uh, which I feel like these those two movies are in the same lane. That one really knocked it out of the park. So I think Sonic had a lot to live up to. Yeah, I would say I did not enjoy it as much as Detective Pikachu, but Jim Carrey's performance was a higher high. I will say there is a part in the Sonic movie that is a lot like JoJo's Bizarre Adventure because Sonic goes so fast that time essentially stops Mm -hmm. uh, from his perspective. So he does kind of do uh, Dio because Dio's power is to stop time. And uh, there's a whole scene. There's actually a scene that seems like almost inspired by that because Dio really famously... um, in the fight against Jotaro stops time and just throws like a million knives at him that he just had in his jacket <laughs> that he just had because he realizes he's like, Oh, you're really fast, huh? Okay. Well, how about if I stop time and throw so many knives at you that there is literally nowhere you can go when time unfreezes. Um, and like, there's a part like that where robotic fires like tons and tons of missiles at Sonic and they're all like closing in on him. And then he just sort of goes so fast that he like, uh, that they just stop. And that seemed to me like pretty clearly visually inspired by that stuff. And again, I think all of this is drawing from the classic film clock stoppers. I uh, don't, I you've referenced that movie a bunch of times now and I have no idea what it is. Oh, it's great. This is a, this is a like sort of children's like Nickelodeon movie in which uh, a child gets a watch that makes you move so fast that time stops. Mm. Uh, and then the sort of like climax of the movie is that he puts on two watches and goes so fast that he can phase through molecules. <laughs> okay. yeah, it's great. It's, it's just cla- really classic. Just your, just your classic clock stopping story. Uh, the the yep. best thing about the knife moment, though, Chris, I would love for you to guess how you think Jotaro counters the, the knife barrage. <sighs> um... Yeah, uh, he he calls the knives bitches and they uh, collapse in shame. Mm, not far off. He he has it's sort of in the other direction of making things appear from nowhere. He has somehow put a bunch of magazines in his coat, so he ah. just gets like he gets stabbed up super good. And Dio's like, "Ha, I got you." And Jotaro's like, "I knew you were going to do that, so I put a lot of magazines in my shirt." Uh, the kind of classic uh, uh, Back to the Future 3 move. Yeah. Oh, just really, really, really good shit. Um, although he doesn't have a good counter for when he gets hit with the construction vehicle, I think. He just sort of like shrugs it off and then continues to punch Dio. I mean, yeah, wouldn't wouldn't your, wouldn't your his his retort just be that he has a, a strong guy that lives in his head? He I mean, everybody does. Is the, but is everyone does, yeah. Everyone except for Joseph because Hermit Purple sucks. Uh, or at least Joseph's usage of Hermit Purple sucks. Um, yeah, I, well, it, it's funny because it's it, that's not the most useless stand in this part. The most useless stand is uh, Holly's stand. Oh, yeah, that's just killing her, right? Yes, which, Mary, I know you have a lot of feelings about. Uh, I mean, yeah, like, it. this is basically how they, his, like, narrative reason for getting... Jotaro to go do a fight and um even though he hates his mom yeah he hates his mom but he doesn't 
want her to die, I guess. Um, but it's just like, I don't know, like, oh, she, she has a stand, but she's too kind and like nice. And so she doesn't have a fighting spirit. So her stand is killing her. He immediately changes that rule because there are definitely characters in part four who like don't fight but have stands that don't fucking kill them so like it's just kind of a shame it's sort of like he doesn't really know what to do with women characters and i love imagining an alternate uh an alternate like version of part three where holly just gets a stand and it's just like Jotaro, come with me. We're going to Egypt. We're going to fucking kill this guy. And he's just like grumbling the whole time. And she's just like, shut your fucking mouth. But like- mom. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I also like the the very, uh, it seemed to be very anime reasoning that she she is not aware of it because it appears on her back. And so Jesus. she cannot see it. Yeah. I pretend I do not see it. Mm-hmm. Yes. The stand emerging from my back. Um. Chris, what other what other thoughts did you have or sort of I know we've talked a lot about sort of where this goes uh, in the last couple of episodes of this miniseries. We've asked our guests to sort of roughly predict what they think is going to happen, uh, which I think is sort of less fun in this case because it's just like they fight a lot of dudes. But I would love maybe if there's like a specific thing that you want to guess is going to happen based on the establishment of these rules and sort of the exposition that you get in the first three episodes. Um, let's see. My main criticism of the first three episodes of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, uh, Stardust Cru- Crusaders? What is this called? Yes, it's Crusaders. Stardust Crusaders, uh, is that the adventure is not nearly bizarre enough uh, for me so far. Um, I would like to see more uh, based off... Of, Things that you've already told me don't come up again, but I would like to see more of. Uh, more possession, more body swapping. Uh, given that Dio, the main villain, is said to not be a resurrected person, but instead an immortal head grafted onto the body of this guy's grandfather, mm-hmm. uh, maybe later uh, Dio's head ends up grafted on Jotaro's body. Uh, God, that and, would be very good. Ugh. And he gets possession of uh, of uh, platinum uh, star platinum and then jojo has to exist as a head and find another body you know something something like that like get <laughs> get real get real crazy with it um because you know it, it's it's pretty straightforward a uh, uh, high schooler mm-hmm. develops a monstrous superpower fights another high schooler who becomes who he defeats and then becomes his friend and then realizes that he needs to go on a bigger adventure to save his mom it's it's a classic tale at this point and i i need it to get a little uh, a little more out there we've, a little wackier a little more bizarre all- We've all experienced this. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think about what the most bizarre, the weirdest stand is in this part. There is one that's just the sun. Sure. That's like pretty fun where they're just like, I guess the enemy is the, the weirdest sun. stand. I think in this part is a baby that um, when you go to sleep. Oh, yeah. You enter its dream world, which is a carnival or like a theme park that's ruled over by like specter of death and uh it tries to fucking kill you and you can't use your stand because you're in a dream so you're in the you're in the baby's dream uh sort of yeah like if you fall asleep near the baby it can like control your dream and like it puts you in this like theme park where this 
monster tries to kill you. And then when you wake up, you don't remember any of it. So there's this whole part, like there's this whole couple episodes where they have to like, where Kakyoin is like trying to figure out, he's like convinced that the baby is trying to kill them and no one believes him. And so he like carves baby stand or like stand baby <laughs> into his arm. And, so it's uh, like a memento thing. Yes. And then he makes the baby eat its own shit. Uh, great. See, yeah. now that there is, is, is along the lines of bizarreness that I would expect from something called Jojo's Bizarre. Because they can't kill a baby, even though it's an evil baby. So sure. he, he punishes the baby by making it eat its own excrement. <laughs> Which, and, and then sort of there's a title card afterward that's like, because of the sort of like bad bacteria contained in the, the shit, this child died die. very shortly after being forced to eat its own shit. Oh, God. <laughs> there is not. It's... Would you, would you, Mary, would you say this is the weirdest baby in this? Because there are some weird babies in JoJo. There's some strange babies. There's an invisible baby in part four. There's a green baby in part six. A what? A green baby. Oh, I didn't know about the green baby. Yeah, the green baby. It's all part of Dio's plan to create the perfect universe. There's a green baby who stands, shrinks people when they get close to it. Cool. Yeah. So, so what exactly is like Dio's plan? Uh, Goal. Yeah, what does he what does he want? Uh unclear. He basically is just a cartoon villain who wants power. Like, well, I would say Dio has two goals. Well, he hates the Joestar family. He wants to kill all of them because Yeah, that's the specific one. That goes back to his like to part one, his like origins. He was adopted by them and they're rich and he hates them. And uh he wants to kill every Joestar. And then he wants to basically just be God, be God. Yeah. Okay, great. And, yeah. he, and the, the Joe stars are, are standing in be- between him and being God. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, that also a classic motivation. Yeah. Yeah. The villains, I would say the uh, Dio is definitely the most iconic Jojo villain, but the other ones have a lot more sort of relatable and interesting motivations. Um, one of them, uh, his motivation is just that he wants to be left alone so that he can, like, cut off people's hands. Yeah, the part four villain is a serial killer who just it wants to live an unremarkable life and just, like, wants to be left alone with the prob- with exception that he has a fetish for women's hands and murders them and cuts Sp- off their Specifically hands. severed women's hands. Yeah, no, oh, just, the hand, just the hand. Um, and also he looks like David Bowie. He looks like David Bowie... Much adventure, another adventure bros connection. Yeah. Yes. Uh, but so his, th- yeah, his thing is like, he doesn't want to rule the world. So he like the, the whole tension in that part is they have to try and like find him um, because he wants to just like hide. And then later on, there's like uh, Dio's lover who wants to restart Who's also the a priest, universe. Right? He's a priest. Yeah. He thinks Dio is God. Uh, the, the president is also a villain. Yeah, the president who just wants to make America the greatest nation in the world. Politics, baby. Politics. Yes. References. Just timely. That that topical material that Hirohiko Araki is known for. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, but yeah, Dio's, Dio's cool. Uh, he just wants to stop time. And uh, later on, he uh, makes, I think, the president of not the u.s someone drive some he makes some politician drive him around great in this part yeah 
Oh yeah, it's, it's it's like the mayor, right? It's, it's like the mayor of Cairo or something. Yeah, some he makes some politician just like fucking drive him around uh, in a car, and then he complains about how uh, when Jotaro develops time stopping abilities too, he's like he gives this whole speech about cars where he's like the automobile is truly an interesting means of transportation but they become less useful the more people have them. They start to clog up the road. Only I should have a car and be able to stop time. Damn. That's so, uh, true. Yeah, so kind of, you know, champion of public transit. Um, Dio. Nice. Dio loves SUVs. Uh, yeah, I would say the most interesting villain in part three is probably Whole Horse. Mm, just a shitty cowboy. Yeah, he just sucks. And that's like his whole thing is just that he sucks. Uh, I mean, I would and, say that that is basically the thing of everybody that I've met so far in the series. The way in which Whole Horse sucks is more specific, I think. Okay. He's like, Mayor, would you, I feel like the closest analog to him is like Wayne Knight's character in Jurassic Park. Uh-huh. Okay. Like that type of sucking where he's just like, yeah. Yeah. Very self-serving, cowardly. Um, he's like one of the few villains who doesn't, well, he doesn't die or get paralyzed or sort of like grievously injured by Jotaro. Yeah. He basically escapes. Um, and, uh, his stand is just gun. Yeah. It's just a gun. All right. His stand is so boring. It's just gun. (laughs) Like, um, it's, yeah, it's really silly. Uh, I'm trying to think like maybe, uh, uh, we want to wrap this. I, I would love to maybe very briefly talk about I what I think are the best stand battles in this part, uh, which are against these brothers whose stands are just games. So the first one, there's like a multi-episode arc that's just Jotaro playing poker. Okay, uh, I can see that happening. Jotaro does seem like he would be a guy who is like seriously into poker. I, I forget. I I think he maybe has never played it before, but he's very good at it because he only has one expression, which also actually reminds me. I forgot to to bring this up when we were talking about Jotaro earlier. I think there is a canonical. I think this is canonical. Uh, the explanation for Jotaro's uh, like coldness is that he apparently thinks that he is like very bad at controlling his emotions. So he thinks that everyone can tell what he's feeling all the time. <laughs> uh which is extremely funny. Uh but he he plays poker and then the second one uh is against this brother who whose stand is video game. So he plays uh an NES like baseball game against this guy uh even though as Joseph finds out very dramatically Jotaro has literally never played video games before. Uh uh, extreme. Oh, I guess this is set in the uh, 80s. It's like, so. Yeah, it's it's in the 80s, so it's well, like plausible. And also Jotaro, I feel like, is the type of child that would be like, what the fuck is this? Is it that NES baseball game with all the amazing uh, fake uh, American names? Uh, it's just called, I think the game, it's a fake game called like, it's a baseball or like, oh my, baseball or something. You guys, like you guys that. know what I'm talking about, right? Uh, I don't know if I do. There was a night. I don't know. I, I, I believe this is true that there was like a 90s Japanese baseball video game where the designer had to bu- make up a bunch of American names. Uh, but 
so, so they're all named stuff like Mike Truck. Oh yes, yes, yes. I do know this. Yeah. Drami oh, yeah, that's Grid. Bobson <laughs> Dugnut. Yes, Bobson Dugnut. Yes, classic. Uh, Todd Gonzalez. <laughs> <laughs> that is very JoJo. Yes. Uh, and <laughs> Glenn Allen and, Mixon. <laughs> uh, it's fighting baseball. Yeah, as uh, Jordo points out. Uh, uh, let's maybe sort of close the the book on Stardust Crusaders by asking, uh, Chris, what what would you guess happens to these characters later in their lives? Um, you, you already know that they defeat Dio. What 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 do you think they go on to do with themselves? Because uh, we do we do get some some update on this. <laughs> uh, start a uh, start like a a. a Tapas restaurant with a club-like uh, atmosphere. Damn, that would be very good. I think that that is that's the the vibe that like what adult jo- Jotaro uh, gives to me. So Jotaro actually ends up becoming a marine biologist. Okay, that's a curveball. There's uh, no in, reason. In in part four, he encounters a starfish. And is so taken with the starfish that he writes uh, a PhD thesis about it that gets him like a super good academia job. Um, and see, that's he has what a I'm talking about. Too. Oh, does that teach him to respect women? No, not really. Just starfish. He has a bad relationship with his daughter. Okay. Well, also, pred- I guess that part is predictable. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I guess that's what I'm talking about about the the thing where like you know creators can kind of just use use these series as a vehicle to talk about whatever shit they want to and nothing really mm-hmm. needs to uh track uh yeah the 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 only so okay the other two characters uh that i'll, I'll ask about are oh no you haven't met polner so that actually doesn't work what yes. about so joseph older uh, older older joseph uh he you know, he retires to Japan to spend more to reconcile and, and rebuild his relationship with his daughter uh, later in life and learns to love uh, tea ceremonies. Nope. He has a secret child um, in uh, Japan. Yeah. What? Yeah, he does have a secret Japanese yes, he has child. A secret love child uh, who is the protagonist of part four, Jotaro's uncle, who is like 10 years younger than Jotaro classic uh uh and the the action of that part is put into place when joseph's wife finds out about this long-running affair uh and gets mad at him but by this point joseph has started to uh uh enter into a state of dementia and so is not sort of in a position to be effectively punished and his his main uh sort of character trait in part four is old uh Yes, I mean that is seems to be his one of his main tra- traits right now. Uh, so I mean, I, I guess he he can uh, continues in the uh, Joe Star line by just continuing to be sleazy. Yeah, I don't think that's a quality of the family, though. I think it's just a Joseph quality. Okay. Uh, he he just is very very sleazy, and the rest of them, I would say, uh, have. Are, are are sort of not quite in the same vein. Kakuen gets killed by Dio. Uh, Abdul gets killed by Vanilla Ice. Abdul gets killed by a vampire named Vanilla Ice, and uh, uh, and then Rip Pol- Polnareff lives, 
and then gets crippled by an Italian gangster and then turns into a turtle. Okay, well, he tur- that, so- that sounds along the lines of the bizarreness that I was looking for. He, uh, he turns into a turtle after being defeated by King Crimson. Great. Also, the turtle has a room inside of it that people can go in. Okay. Which, I mean, come on, that's classic. That is, that's great. Uh, I don't know, Mary, is there anything else we want to we wanna cover here? I don't think so. Do we feel like we've we've wrung everything out of uh, th- this part? It's it, it it definitely I feel like in some ways is the most conventional part of the franchise, which is a funny thing to say about this uh this story. But Chris, I think you are not wrong in being like, yeah, this is like a you know, in some ways it feels very or like typical. Yeah, more more bizarre. I, I was promised a bizarre adventure, and so far it, it's it's merely a, a strange adventure. They've they've set out on the bizarre adventure, I would say. Sure. Um. Hmm. Yeah, I think uh, I think that's it. I, I was sort of thinking about, and I can take a heat check on this, uh, talking about sort of what we would all envision our ideal stands to be. Just as a little a little fun game, but uh, sure, yeah. Um, I'm getting my first my first impulse is uh, just a just a giant keytar. Okay, it has some kind of sonic power. Cool. What's it called? Um, you could do a song or a band name. That's like what they all are later. Uh, off the top of my head, uh, call it uh. How about Bizarre Love Triangle? Nice. That's pretty good. I, I mostly bring this up because I wanted to talk about Sledgehammer. I, I've been listening to Sledgehammer all morning. Oh, that would be a good one, yes. Great stand name. Mm. Yes. Uh, but unfortunately, I think that that Iraqi is not into Peter Gabriel. Uh, how about uh, just, again, looking at, at, at some of the themes down here, uh, The Power of Love? Hmm. Also, would be a very good stand name. You got you got one to close us out. Well, I'll say Jordos, which is a bicycle named Ten Speed of God's Blood and Burial. I'm guessing <laughs> that's a Coheed and Cambria <laughs> reference. <laughs> really? Yes. Yes. That's amazing. Uh, yes, it is. I would also love. I wish there were new metal stands. Well, because we like the, the stand as a concept, I think, is inherently new metal. Uh, yeah. How about a stand just called toxicity? God. Th- that's the aerials. Pa- um, the power of my stand. Chop suey. Uh, a stand called bulls on parade. And it's just, it's a literal, it is a literal uh, uh, sort of running of the bulls that follows you wherever yeah, stamp- you go. It's, it's a stampede. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Much like the air traffic control tower, uh, or not the air, the, the radio tower uh, that traps you. Um, cool. Chris, uh, thank you so much for joining us to discuss uh, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Stardust Crusaders. Oh, thank you. you uh, thank you for... Uh, giving me a reason to finally absorb at least some of this thing that I've been seeing you, uh, people online post about for a while. How, what is your feeling on whether you will, you will watch uh, more of this franchise? I feel like if I was going to do it, I should go back to some of the earlier stuff. 
maybe I think you could also start with part part two. I think is sort of in the vein of what you are describing as like the the sort of peak weirdness level. Yeah, uh, he does in the first episode like pull a Tommy gun out of nowhere, and right. it's a bit, part part two. Joseph is the mask. I think is like actually the the right analog. Okay, great. Oh man, anime the mask sounds awesome. Does that exist? If it does not, I mean, I. Th- mm. I think not quite. There are probably a lot of characters that you could say have like elements of the mask, but none uh, that fully embody the potential of Stanley Ipkiss. Uh, well, somebody, somebody should do that. Somebody, somebody should stop. Uh, I would do that, but then I, uh, somebody would have to stop me. Yes, of course. Uh, great. Uh, Chris, where, where can, uh, people, uh, find your, your work and engage with it, engage with your Uh, content? Um, yeah, my music podcast and introducing is available wherever podcasts are found or online at soundcloud.com slash and dash intro dash pod. Uh, and then the other show that I do doesn't really need plugs. It's called Chapo Trap House. You can find it wherever. Great. And uh, uh, Merit, where should we tell, tell the people about the other Fanbyte, uh, Fanbyte media properties? Yeah. Go to fanbyte.com slash podcasts to check out all of our other shows. And you can follow Fanbyte on Twitter at Fanbyte Media. Eric is on Twitter at Eric Therm. And I'm on Twitter at Merrick K. Uh, and yeah, thanks, uh, thanks everybody for listening. Until uh, next time, Yari Yari Dizay. Yari Yari Dizay.